Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Chatting with Ned. It's Natalie Dean or it's Natalie Jean. Today we have the honor of having multi-genre and recording artist Phil Kanakis. Phil Kanakis, as I said, is a multi-genre producer and recording artist. His discography includes over 20 full-length albums and singles that he has released either for himself or other artists. His musical journey began when he was three years old. He started taking piano lessons, which introduced him to playing music. He started writing and producing his own music when he was 12 years old. In 2004 and 2005, Phil released a with his partner, Holly Fisher, in the company of Monks and Journey to the Divine. Both of these albums were received highly in the New Age community. Phil and Holly, Sacred Circles, received recognition from the Prime Minister of Thailand, the President of Sri Lanka, and the President of Malaysia for their work on these two albums. Journey to the Divine debuted, you know, that's that's funky, debuted, Mm -hmm. debuted. You know, my French comes in, and that's why sometimes I don't know how to say things. At number two on the New Age radio starts and stayed in the top ten for three months. As a result of the success of these two albums and Phil's Sound Healing albums, their label got their first distribution deals as a result in 2005. This led to a string of albums being released within the next few years, including Kundalini Rising, Tropical Sanctuary, Nature Escapes, Calm Baby, Inner Sanctuary, and working with Saffron Days in L.A., author, I hope I say this right, Bonte Walpola Piananda, on a series of meditation albums, Loving Kindness Meditation, and Meditation for Experiencing Inner Peace. In 2011, Phil and his partner, Holly Fisher, produced and performed together in their first multi-artist Carnegie Hall event. After co-producing 2014's release of Noel by Frank Fasano, Phil took a break from the music industry to take care of his great aunt, who was like a grandmother to him and his father. Both of them were in their final stages of life and needed help, additional help during that time. In 2020, Phil and his partner, Holly, began working with Nita Perez on her debut album, There's a World. Phil has been mentoring Nita since 2019. Due to the overwhelming reception of the album, There's a World, after being on the 2021 Grammy ballot, they went right into production on Nita's follow-up album and its initial singles. In 2022, Wisdom of Goddess by Nita Perez was released to overwhelming responses from her fans and music industry veterans. Let's give Phil Kanakis a round of applause. (laughs) Hi, Phil. How are you? I am good, Natalie. How are you? Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. I am doing well. It's rainy over here. I mean, it's been raining all down for all day. It's been funky. How's it? Where you are you? Ugh. Rainy and cold. It's supposed to be like five or six degrees tomorrow. Are you serious? So, yeah, it's cold. 
Now, where do you live? I live in upstate New York, and right about now, oh, yeah. I wish I was in Hawaii. Yeah, no, I, I wish I was in the Caribbean, because this, this is not for Natalie. It is not for I. It is not for me. Um, so these <laughs> past three or four years have been, how can we say, a little crazy. Um, we've been through, uh, the world has been through a lot of things. Um, we've been through the elections, pandemic, COVID had some babies, uh, monkeypox. RSV, flu, tsunamis, earthquakes, assassinations, um, Roe versus Wade. Um, it's just been a plethora of things. I mean, even polio tried to make a comeback. Um, and, yeah, I tried to make a comeback. And, you know, every day they're finding new infectious diseases that are coming our way. It's just been crazy. How have you been um, handling all of this? Well, I've been home making music and trying to trying to kind of make my imprint positive. I mean, yes. there's so much going on in the world, and um, through that, we have a, a choice to kind of participate in a lot of the negativity or just yes. really try to be positive, try to create something. I mean, we're all artists. And, um, you know, people kind of look towards us for for a sense of kind of a relief. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been busy writing, busy producing, and um, and everything that I do has been really to inspire people. Awesome sauce. So I like to do that. Just doing my part within that. Awesome. Now, um, like I said, you know, it's just been <laughs> tremendously crazy. Uh, the pandemic, um, obviously, we lost a lot of people, um, people of long-term effects of COVID. Um, it was just horrible. But during that time, there were some pros. Um, you know, I saw families walking together, spending more time together. Some people realized that they weren't spending enough time together. Um, a lot of people quit their jobs. I read a lot of articles about that. And what it did is that it showed people that um, life was short, shorter than they even thought it was. And so they people decided, look, I need to do something that's more in line with my passion, my mission in life. I need to make money. I need to eat. I need a roof over my head. I need clothes on my back. But I need to be more happy in my environment. So a lot of people quit their jobs to do the thing that one thing that they really want to do. Um, and then, you know, climate change, oh, my God, the animals were just like in the trees and then the nature was so happy we weren't in the street because what? The pollution level went down when we weren't in the street. So that was actually a good thing when we were in, out there. But now we had to come back. And then artists decided to either, you know, create a new EP, an album, a track, a, a single. Um, so what I'm talking about is that there was a lot of self-reflection, it allowed people Absolutely. to help. Yeah, a lot of self-reflection. I know that one thing that I learned, you know, people need people. Yeah, you could look at a people person through a screen, but it's just not enough. People, like, need that, that physical touch and stuff like that. So, you know, and some people artists decide to rebrand, or some people even decide not to do music anymore. Um, so during this time, did anything change in your mindset about who you wanted to 
be per, uh, perceived as an artist? And did you think about that at all? Did you do any self-introspection? Well, for me, it was just mostly trying to find other ways to work on what I'm used to doing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm used to being in the the studio with people. So we had to find other ways to kind of do that. And when we were working on the album for Nita, um, Mm -hmm. I, um, that whole album was done virtually. And so I needed to show her how to use Pro Tools. And then, so it was just trying to um, kind of be true to who you are, but within that, try to figure out, you know, kind of other ways that you could still get things done. And Mm. um, for me, because I, I do a lot of teaching online, Right. It wasn't that much of a stretch for me to go into producing. I mean, okay. once we kind of worked out some of the bugs and, and just started getting into it, 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 right. it was almost like we were just in the same studio together. Okay. So, um, so I was kind of fortunate that I've, I've had that teaching background and, um, and I had one client that that kind of bounced from Australia to Las Vegas. So I had already been doing some online teaching even before the the, the pandemic. So um, so it was easy for me. Well, mm-hmm. not easy, but it was easier for me to kind of make that 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 jump. Okay. And um, and and I wanted to be working on projects, and and sometimes you have to just kind of push yourself to do something new and right. be open to it and have your your um, tools that you have in front of you and, you know, say, how can I do this or how can I do that instead yeah. of I can't. Exactly. Exactly. I like that sentiment. Now, based on your bio, you said you started at the age of three, but was it something that you heard, you saw? How did you get into the music industry? Or did you just come out of the womb and so it was like, well, Phil and music are going to be together. How did that come about? Well, that's a really interesting conversation. I've, or, or question, I've had, music has been in my life since day one. And my mom always had music on. And I just recently found out that when I started crawling, from the time I started crawling, I would always crawl up to the speaker when my mom had music on, and I would put my ear against the speaker so that I could listen to it. And at first, my mom had thought that there was something wrong with me because, you know, here was a baby crawling up and putting his ear to the stereo, and um but I kept on doing it over and over and over again. And as I got a little bit older, it was apparent that I wanted to do something with music. And um, when I was three, I begged my mom for, for piano lessons. And, okay. um, and at the time we didn't have a piano and um, she kind of brushed it off 
And I kept on asking her periodically. And then, you know, at that point, because she was trying to see how, how serious I was, um, she was like, okay, I'm going to give you this jar. And, and, um, and so I ended up, like, the, the deal was I would fill the job with the, the jar with money. And then okay. I would be able to purchase the, the piano bench. And so I would do just like some, it would just be some um, different errands for for my grandparents or my aunts or my neighbors. I rake the leaves. And, um, and so at that time when you're young, like people kind of really want to support you. And I'm sure that my mom had something to do with it, saying that this is what right. I wanted to do. It wasn't just putting me to work. And um <laughs> And so um, that's how it kind of started before I, it was right before my fourth birthday. I almost had enough money in the jar. And on my fourth birthday, I had enough. And, um, and so at that point, my mom was to follow through with what she had said. She called up a, a teacher and he didn't want to take me. He didn't believe that I was serious. And so my mom ended up taking piano lessons and she would show me what the teacher was showing her. And um, one day I I was there practicing and the piano teacher came and and knocked on the door and my mom answered it. And the teacher said, Oh, Christine, that, that is so pretty. That's so good. And then my mom was like, that wasn't me. That was Phil. Oh, wow. at that point, the the teacher said that he would take me on as a student, and my mom ended up stopping because she was only taking it just so that she could show me. Right. And um, and then I continued lessons for a lot of my life. I started writing music when I was twelve, thirteen, and then um, it's it's just it's really been a part of just my entire life. Awesome. I was saying, I always tell my parents I wish they had forced me to take some kind of lessons. Because I don't play an instrument. I mean, I have like the smart keyboard that I've had for six years in the box that I need to open. Because um, that is my goal to learn how to play a instrument. I mean, my obviously I sing, but um, and that's my instrument for now. But I got to add something to that repertoire someday soon. So I think it's really cool. You should uh, do that. Yeah, no, I do. I need to, Lord. Give me time. I wish I I need a clone. I need a clone <laughs> to pick up all, all the other stuff that I'm doing now. Um, how um, important is it for you to be authentic, you know, as a person and in your music? For me and for everybody that I work with, that I teach, um that's um, I'm a big part of being authentic to mm-hmm. to what you're you're doing, and I try to instill that. Um, it's 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 extremely important, and um, and especially when you're producing, you you have to be just in that space where you can draw that best version of that mm-hmm. artist that you're working with, and and then in turn they they pull that 
part out of you too as a producer. So you have to be extremely authentic within how you are to get the best results within what you're doing. And that is not just with music. That's with, I mean, really anything that you do. Mm. Yeah. So extremely important, extremely important. And yeah, no, I think it's really important. One thing I learned during the pandemic, and I always tell this story, is that I took this uh, TikTok, it's called TikTok Cap University, and they're explaining how the videos that do the, the best are the ones that are more authentic. Because when people watch those things, you know, they always, the different videos that are on there, they always think, oh, I, let me try this. I want to try this. So that they find some someone that's really authentic, they're like, oh, I can do this too. It's something that they can gravitate to. It's like with music, people choose the artists they feel that they most can relate to. And I think that during the pandemic, a lot of people were able to listen to independent artists because they just had the time to do it. Um, and I think a lot of, during the pandemic, a lot of independent artists had some some success uh, with getting new fans and all that good stuff. It's crazy, all the stuff that we have to do. Now, I see that you also do, um, besides the work that you're doing with Nita, you do like new age music. Um, how did you get into new age music? Was that your first genre? Is that the genre? That's your main genre? That was, um, yeah, I, from day one, I've always done instrumental music. And, um, and even when I was in high school, I, I had an English teacher that, um, for for one of the assignments for our thesis, we could pick basically anything we wanted to study or or, or to write on. And for me, I took the um, the healing aspects of music. And so what I did even at that younger age is I was constantly trying to make a difference within the music that I wrote. And um, and so from those experiments and then as I got older, I got more into sound healing. And, um, and one person that I met one day in L.A. Had, um, I came in contact with, and she had um, been over to the Harvard Sound Healing Clinic. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and um, and she had like some kind of thing that happened. I think it was like an accident or something like that, but, but they were using the sound healing music to kind of regenerate her brain. And, um, and, and so she was telling me about just how she would watch the, the different needles within mm. what was going on with her thoughts and the right. music and how she was feeling. And at that point was when um, I had just released Kundalini Rising, and I gave her a copy of that, and um, she listened to it, and then I I saw her the next day, and she just had said that that was the most powerful mm. sound healing album that that she had experienced, and um, she she took the copy that I gave her back to the the clinic over there in Harvard, and then they they started doing experiments with that. 
So, so it was just something that just came, it was something that came natural for me. I didn't say one day I want to do this. It was just something that was just innate coming from me. And then it was almost like I was finding out the results of it after the music was being created. And um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's basically how I got into that. And then what I try to do with really everything that I create is I try to include what I can, that healing aspect. Yeah. And I love that because um, meditation music is meditation as new age music is very, I think important in everybody's daily life. Cause there's time you need to take for yourself and just be extremely Zen. And I find that in right. new age meditative music, it's hard to create. That's not an easy genre. It's just not. I love it. I absolutely it's, love I it. It's just like second do. nature to me. Yeah, for you it's second nature. But I listen to it and I'm like, my God, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. A lot of the ones that I've listened to have been very beautiful. And But it, I, I think for me it's just, I think it takes a lot to do new age music. Sometimes for you, it might just flow through you and that that means you're just destined to do it. But I always think about when anybody creates music, you know, what comes to their mind? Like when you're um, creating a meditative piece, what goes through your mind when you're creating that music so that you're bringing peace to the audience? For me, I have um, kind of an interesting way that I write. I usually hear everything in my head and so for me it's just trying to try to put what I'm hearing into just like music that you would hear with your ears and sometimes it's just finding the right sounds the right instruments and Mm. and and maintaining that space of clarity so that I can pull it through um like for for me, I've I've had times when I just sit down and I'll I'll just play a piece from beginning to the end and it's done. And then um, sometimes I might hiccup a little bit on a string part, but it, it's just kind of a frustration where I hear it in my head, but I'm trying to um, be as open as I can to kind of pull that part through to an mm-hmm. instrument that kind of makes sense that I have available and um, okay. kind of my writing process just in general as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now I'm going to play, let me see where I put this, um, violence is called Violin First Suit Movement. Tell me what that's yes. about. Tell me what that's about. So originally what I was going to do is I was going to make a three-part suite and I I never did the second and the third movement. I only did the first movement and that was written as of next year, 25 years ago, and I never released it. So okay. what I wanted to do was that day is, is I kind of wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to write something different. I've always liked the violin and I played the piano and I really wanted to make something that would be really pretty that the two instruments could fight together. 
and that piece came out and um, it was plaguing me for a few days and um, it finally came out within a span of like two hours and um, and then that's how that came to be. Awesome. All righty. Well, then let me play it.
Wow. <clears throat> I mean, that, that's stunning. Stunning. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank All the so wonderful adjectives I can use for that. I mean, the the song takes you on a wonderful, beautiful journey. It weaves into this beautiful tapestry of emotion. Um, as I was listening to it, I, I felt as if, you know, I could definitely hear this in a movie. So with your songs, do you submit your uh, your music for sync and licensing? I I do. I have um I have a couple of music libraries that I work mm-hmm. with and um mm-hmm. I haven't sent that one in yet, but I I I that is something that I am doing and that I'm 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 looking at ex- expanding with. Mm. You should. I think you would have great success, specifically with this song. I'm sure with the others that you have, because I, I can definitely see that in a movie. I mean, I I think Spielberg sent it to Spielberg. I could see it in one of his movies. You know, it's just. I mean, you could see it. I think you could hear that song, particular song, and like something, you know, dating as far back as the the night a period piece. That's what came to mind was a period piece. Um, I love story. Hell, you could even put it like a wartime movie. There, I mean, you're, there's a lot of things that you could do with that. And you held on to it for how long? <laughs> I that recording was done in 2000. Damn, that's a long time. The year, <laughs> the year 2000. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years. I never understand why. Phil, (laughs) explain to me why someone would hold something that beautiful, hold on to it for that long. (laughs) Didn't fit within the projects that I was working with. And um, Mm -hmm. like I've, I've wanted to make an album that was just like extremely beautiful on the melodic side and mm. um and I I never really had a project that I did that was just featuring the work that I could do within that way and now with um it, it's been since 2008 or 9 since I released an album under my name. Mm-hmm. And so what what my plan for this next one that I'm working on is to mm-hmm. revisit that so that I can bring out a lot of the music that I have done before and a lot of the stuff that I that I have now mm-hmm. that um never really had a home. And um, with the way that piece is, it, it it has a current feel as it could be for today. And, yeah. um, and what I'm going to do is actually finish it so that there's there's the other movements to complement that. Mm. And um, those melodies have been kind of stuck in the vault in my head since that one was created. So mm-hmm. it's time for... It's time for them to come out. 
Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have released this one as a single. I I wasn't thinking of singles. I wasn't thinking of singles then. I was always thinking just in 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 relation to just albums. And um, it wasn't until recently that I I started thinking mm-hmm. about singles to then complement the album, especially within the new age genre. Most of the time, you would just hear the whole album as it came out, and right. um, and so. Um, now they're they're starting to give that that light back to them, so which is hmm. good. Yeah, I mean, wow. That's all I can say is wow. Now, what are um, what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? What are three things? It's been such it's been such a ride. I've I've had the pleasure to have. Uh, do I answer that? <laughs> I would just be as focused as you can and really committed to really what you believe in and just move forward within that. And um, and looking back, I had some. People that I came across, I, I had the pleasure. It's one of that I had the pleasure to work with a producer that was um, kind of an old school Motown producer, mm-hmm. and um, and and at the time I didn't realize that he was really putting me through boot camp. But he had a philosophy right. where it was like hits or better, hits or mm-hmm. better hits are better. I don't care if it's instrumentation. I don't care if it's with vocals, but you have to step back and you have to be as objective as you can. And that is something that I would pass along to people is to be able to step back and accurately just say um, with your producer ears, is this a hit or better and not settle for anything that is less. So what I have done once I realized the value of that training was those are the ears that I listen through when I'm creating or when I'm working on a melody mm-hmm. or revising something. Is, is, is this the best version of the actual song? So it's not only is this the best version of the artist that's singing or me producing, it's is this the best version of the song that I'm bringing forth as a producer. Right. So as far as advice, I would just be, I'd be patient with yourself and that mm. um, think of this as a journey that you're on with yourself and be right. really patient and really focused. And yeah. um don't take your talent for granted because yes. at the end of the day, you're, the, the, the more you are in your center and the truth within yourself, and this is where it comes to integrity, when, you're, when you have that for yourself right. and what you create, then you pull out that, that, the, the best version of you and the people that are around you that you're working with. 
Right. So that's kind of what I try to pass along to people that I work with. And that's good advice. I believe it's good advice. So what the what does the future hold for you? What's coming just up? Working just working on more stuff. Um I have several projects that I'm working on right now and um and I have this album that I'm working on for myself and then I'm working with Nita on her follow up to There's a World. We have a a chant album that we're working on together also. Mm-hmm. And um I have a few singles that I'm that are gonna be coming out with a few other artists that I'm working with and um and I'm just I'm just doing what I do. Doing what you do and you do it well. Yeah. So that sounds like a plan to me. Um Thank you. Well, thank you so much for for being on chatting with Nat. Um, thank you for honoring me with your music. I mean, it's stunning. It's just a stunning piece of work. I, I hope you, I wish you much success with it. But I, I don't think I have to wish you much success because I think you'll be very <laughs> successful with that song. I mean, it's beautiful. That's all I can thank say. Thank you it's so beautiful. much, Natalie. It should go into every film. <laughs> that's how that's how good it is. Um, you know, I hope you enter it next year in the Grammys because, yeah, you you could. Instrumental composition. You could. Thank you. I think it's 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 definitely going to be something that we're going to be pushing next year. Yay! Yay, yay, yay. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, I really appreciate you being on my show. And um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody. And happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you, too. I can't believe it's almost Christmas. It's just Christmas. <laughs> Time to fly by. Oh, my gosh. All right, everybody. That was chat- on Chatting with Nat. We had the multi-genre and recording producer, artist, Phyllis, Phil, Phil, Phil Kanakis, Phil Kanakis, Phil Kanakis. Remember that. And remember the piece that you heard today because um, that was Island First Suite Movement is amazing. You got to go listen to it on Spotify. Hell, why not buy it? <laughs> yeah, that's that whole fashion thing. You can stream it too. Go buy it. You know, it's not that expensive. Don't buy that coffee for that one day. It's not going to kill you. I mean, that was an amazing piece. And if you want to find Phil Kanakis, he's on Facebook at Phil.Kanakis and on Instagram, he's at Turn Up the Peace. I like that because we need peace in this world. We definitely need it. And if you can't remember that, just Google. Google is your friend. All right. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. On Chatting with Nat, Nat, Thank you. Net is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.